0: the people we studied from the time they were teenagers all the way into old age, the happiest people and the healthiest people were the people who had the warmest connections with others. So their relationships seemed to keep people happier and healthier all the way through their
1: lives. All right, everyone, welcome to Heal Thyself. What a show we have for you today. I'm super, super, super excited. Everyone has been asking me, everyone, what is going on with air fryers? Should I buy one? I have one. Should I have not gotten it? I got a DM, I got an email, every all all the time. People are going crazy for air fryers. If you have one or you're looking to get one, you got to listen to this Knowledge Bomb segment. But before that, I'm going to talk to an amazing guy out there. I mean, this guy is... The leader, he he wrote the book literally on happiness. Dr. Robert Waldinger, he is the man when it comes to all things happiness. What are the determinants of happiness? How do you make yourself more happy? But even more importantly, what is happening in society that we're so damn lonely and so damn sad and so damn isolated, what is happening? He talks about what are the things that we need to do to start coming out of that hole of loneliness, of feeling isolated and to start bringing ourselves back out, right? Shining our light so everyone could see and be with us, right? in happiness and truth, right? So I can't wait to talk to this guy. I mean, he is renowned when it comes to talking about happiness. And who doesn't wanna be more happy? It's gonna be an incredible, incredible interview. As always, look, I have so much gratitude, especially coming into this new year, even more for the time that you spent opening your heart opening your ears, opening your mind to all of these things. And hopefully, it's made your life, your loved ones, all around you, the people that you share your time with, their lives much better too. So with all that said, we're gonna to get to this amazing interview with Dr. Robert Waldinger. All right, everyone, today's special guest, I'm super excited to have this guy on, man. He basically follows and studies people in the context of what makes us happy, what fills our hearts, what, how do we bring more happiness to our lives. So many people are searching for something which is right in front of them. And it's amazing because we're going to be talking to Dr. Bob Waldinger. He is a psychiatrist. He's a Zen priest. He is all things Dr. Happiness. Thank you for coming on the show, Bob. I appreciate you, man. It's a pleasure to be here, thanks for having me. Listen, I don't think there's any intro big enough to really parallel what you're doing in this world. You know, it's like your life's work is to make people happy, that's beautiful. Well, what we study is how people stay happy and get happy as they go through their lives. Okay, Doc, I wanna know, you ran this study, it's an incredible study, We're going to go into it, but what is the most surprising thing that you found in this study? The most surprising thing
0: when we studied people over literally 85 years was this. It was that the people we studied from the time they were teenagers all the way into old age, the happiest people and the healthiest people were the people who had the warmest connections with others. So their relationships seem to keep people happier and
1: healthier all the way through their lives. That's mind blowing because so many of us feel so isolated. We don't feel like we have close relationships. We don't feel like we have that warmth between our family members or even our friends. So to think that the people with who were the healthiest had that and so many of us are so disconnected from that Did you find that a lot of people are suffering with what we think we're just suffering with ourselves? Lots of people are. You probably know that
0: loneliness is now an epidemic. I mean, one in three people on the planet will tell you they feel lonely, meaning they feel less connected to other people than they would like to be. And so it's a huge problem, and we're seeing it on the rise all over the world in every
1: community. It's heartbreaking because we know that there's so many detrimental effects to loneliness on the physical level, right? When it comes to longevity, living a a fruitful, healthy life, heart disease, uh, loneliness is something that will really anchor down your health. Um, Have you seen the physical effects of people saying and being lonely? They've actually calculated those
0: effects. It's like good studies have shown that if you're lonely, it's as dangerous to your health as smoking a half a pack of cigarettes a day. It's as dangerous to your health as being obese. I mean, who would have thought that loneliness could be as powerful as these other
1: health effects? And to think that when we go to the doctor, they may they may mention, do you smoke cigarettes? You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Ali Tura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Ali Tura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best and they're always at health events and people are loving them. And their quality So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alaturia Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. Our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big. big old hug. That's not all. Organifi's liver detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trafalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula, Packed with antioxidants that have been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic. One of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's liver detox has your back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver. If you want to experience the energy boosting, liver supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. And you know,
0: we'd like doctors to start doing that and some are now. They're starting to ask people, are you feeling like you're socially connected or, or are you feeling lonely? And it would be such a help if every doctor did that with
1: every person they saw. So what is the benefit then? What 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 is it that's happened to us physiologically when we feel connected to people? This is a great question.
0: And we've actually been studying this for the last 10 years or so. It's like, how do relationships actually change our bodies? And the best guess that we have with some data is that it has to do with stress. So, you know, life is stressful and stressful things happen to us all day long. So if I'm having a good day and then something stressful happens, I can literally feel my body go into fight or flight mode. Like, you know, my heart rate goes up and I might start to sweat and, and that's okay because we want to be able to meet challenges. But when that threat or challenge is gone, we want our bodies to return to baseline. So if I've had an upset during my day and I'm still thinking about it and I go home, if I have somebody at home who's a good listener or somebody I can call on the phone who's a good listener, I can literally feel my body calm down as I talk about my day and complain and you know, and get advice, whatever it might be. But what if you don't have anybody like that in your life? What if you've got nobody to talk to when you're upset or stressed? What we think happens is that the body stays in that threat mode and that it means that we have higher levels of inflammation, higher levels of stress hormones circulating around, and that it breaks down our body systems. It breaks down our coronary arteries and our joints. So that's the way we think that good relationships can heal us and that not enough good relationships
1: can really stress us. And it's incredible to think how many of us are holding that stress every single day without a confidant we can't even say anything to anyone we're home alone or even at worst we're home with someone but we don't feel we can talk to them and we're holding exactly. it and holding it and holding it and thinking about even mechanistically cortisol chronic in the body you know we're adapted to have bursts of it in an acute setting but chronically oh my god that's when it starts breaking everything down that's when we see things like chronic disease high blood pressure heart disease strokes so It makes so much sense to think that how important it is to just have, oh, I got it off my chest. And that's a term, right? You say something you're like, oh, I just got it off my chest, I feel so much better. And I'm imagining that's when your nervous system is getting back into balance. Exactly, exactly.
0: So imagine if one in three people on the planet say they don't have anybody in their life like
1: that. That's an epidemic. That's an epidemic. So a lot of us are feeling lonely. A lot of us are disconnected. Um, Is it? Would you say that this is coming from a societal standpoint? Is it like we as a society are just so closed? We're not in community? Is it the structure of how neighborhoods are built? Are we not keeping generations under one roof? Why, how did we get here to this place where one in three of us are like, I feel lonely? I would say it's all of those things you mentioned it's the fact that we don't
0: have big families living together or nearby. Uh, We don't have the same kind of structures where we can just walk out of our house and be in community. Um, We are much more isolated. And the one thing they find, and this started in the 1950s, is that screens make us more isolated. So what they found was that in the night, starting in the 1950s in the United States, People stopped going out. They stopped joining clubs. They stopped going to church. They stopped volunteering in their communities. i say at much lower rates. And it seemed to coincide with television coming into everybody's living room. And then they went back and did this same kind of study in the early 2000s. And they found a bigger decrease in our social connectedness. And that seemed to coincide with the advent of these wonderful screens that we're
1: so addicted to: our phones, our tablets, our laptops. Mm, my God, this is it's it's so heartbreaking because everyone is on a phone. You walk in the street, everyone's on their phone. You walk into a coffee shop, people are tapping on their laptop really quick or writing on their tablet. It's incredible how, in my lifetime, uh, I've seen from high school to college, after college, the advent of screens and how just. Things have changed. I feel the energy of just the isolation. Even in now, rooms with people, I feel isolated. Yeah, you know. So then, because I feel isolated now, I'm just like, what am I gonna do? I guess I'll grab my screen. Yeah. Instead of just talking and communicating and being in community. I, I don't know anyone who who has joined a, a club, a community club, or who's been back into like community service, volunteering, serving the community. You don't hear much about that. When I was younger that was part of what we did in the, in the church that I was grew up in, but it's pretty crazy, huh? Yeah. Now I will say that, you know, screens are not going to go
0: away as far as we know. Right. And so to say screens are the evil cause of all this probably isn't going to help us very much. But one of the things we're learning is that it may not be the screens themselves. It may be how you use the screens, how you use your online engagement. So for example, we know that if you use screens passively, if you use social media passively, you scroll through somebody's Instagram feed, it's more likely to make you feel bad about yourself. You compare yourself to those beautiful beaches that somebody is always on or the beautiful food they're always about to eat, right? And you feel like, well, that's not my life all the time. And so if you compare yourself and you scroll you scroll through other people's curated lives, you feel worse. But if you use online engagement to actually connect with other people, that can be a source of energy and a source of positive empowerment. So, for example, during, during COVID, I knew people who reconnected with their elementary school friends online and they hadn't, they hadn't seen them in years. And they started, you know, some people said, oh, yeah, we, we now have a call every week, me and my elementary school friends. And they're so excited to get together. So it's just an example of how what we can do if we, if we pay attention is use our screens in ways that energize us and put our screens away when we feel our energy depleted by what we're doing online.
1: Mm, what, what a powerful way to look at it. Because inevitably, people are going to pick up their phone every single day. We're not going weeks or months without our phone. Now, so much of our lives is tied into it. But what an intentional way to think about, and this is actually a call to all people viewing or listening, look at who you're following. Who are you following? And yes or no, are they an elixir to your life or a poison? Are they taking away your energy or are they adding to it? Because if you're looking at someone who is in a beautiful car speeding through Dubai and you don't feel good about yourself because you don't have that, delete it. Stop following them, right. right? And now you're saying we can just connect to people, just, just create, create groups uh, like, like uh, community groups, mm. create, reconnect with old friends, get calls, get on a FaceTime on, on, on Instagram or whatever. Yeah. This is utilizing it for community rather than just whatever is sucking away your immunity. Exactly. And I, I love what you're saying, because one of the things we can do,
0: you know, that we're in an era of so much polarization, where we're getting more divided from each other. But what we can do is pay attention to the people we follow online, to the people we listen to, who make us feel more open to the world, and more interested in the world. And then we can notice that there are people who make us feel more closed off, more fearful follow those people who make you feel more open and more interested in engaging with the world and stay away from those people who fuel your fears and make you feel more closed off
1: mm. such an easy way because if we start tuning into how does our body feel around certain people just tune in because if you take if you take 5 minutes to feel your body and then you walk into a room with a person you'll know if that person makes you feel open and you want to share your gifts with the world and they they encourage you to be you or if it's and you're sucked in and you go oh, I can't really be myself if you tune in it's interesting I've I've done this before and inevitably like I just sort of just strayed away from certain people in my life you know and I feel a lot better with the community that I've created over the past few years Um, what an exercise amazing stuff Um, so a lot of us yeah we feel lonely And we're on our screens and we're following people who make us feel bad about ourselves. Okay, we've done all that. A lot of people ask me, hey, Dr. G, you talk about community a lot, but I'm over here in the middle of Toledo and I don't have much around me and I feel isolated as it is, but I want a community. How do we start attracting, bringing people that we want to connect with, people open like us with the same interests? What do you suggest to these people? Well, one one way to do this is
0: to Pay attention to what you love, what you care about, what you want to have more of in the world, and volunteer for those activities if you can. Participate in those activities. Because often, if we care about something and we start participating in, in communities where other people care about the same thing, it's a natural conversation starter. Rather than just having to start from scratch, like go up to someone in a bar who you've never met like how do you start a conversation but what if you are you know part of a basketball league what if you are working to stop climate change what if you're and you're with people who care about the same thing there are natural openers for conversation and from that you can find that some relationships will develop further and get deeper and closer
1: that's such a easy hack and and it's so true because um, I myself stopped drinking alcohol a few years ago. And just now, in uh, in Venice, they opened up a non-alcoholic liquor store. The whole store is not nothing with alcohol, yeah. but beautiful. It's like spirits and non-alcoholic beer and, and all the things that alcohol is. And then every time I'm in there, I'm always inevitably having a conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. We're like, hey, when did you stop drinking? How do you feel in your body? What made you stop drinking? Oh, wow, yeah, a lot of people are catching it. It's this energy that's so welcoming. Yeah, I've made two friends, one for business, one for friends, just by standing, looking at the beautiful branding of these companies and someone coming next to me and going, hey, do you like this one? Have you tried this one? So that is on right on the head. Yeah. Go to a place, find something of your interest, and if you like muscle cars, go to the muscle cars show out, yeah. outdoors, up the yeah. street. You know, the, yeah. other, the
0: other thing you can do... Sometimes people feel like, well, you know, people don't really, won't really want me. And what you can think about is, well, what, what could I give to the world? And everybody has stuff they can give. And so, you know, maybe what you have is that you're an English speaker and you might be able to teach people who want to learn English, uh, English as a second language, or maybe you're an older person who has more time on your hands and there are preschoolers who are hungry for adult time, you know, adults to read to them. I mean, there are so many ways that, that you can offer things to the world. You don't have to have any fancy skills. And what you'll find is that, that when, you, when you use those offerings to help other people, you'll start feeling very connected to those people and they will feel very connected to you.
1: Mm. And it come, it, what I'm hearing is just heart-centric work, right? Yeah. How do you give your gifts? How do you give your time? How do you give something to other people? Which opens up the space for just you feeling. What I found is anytime I feel heavy or, or just ugh, like I feel like anchors are holding me down, I tune into the heart and I go, oh, this feels really close too, okay? So what can I give today? Whether, if I'm on the run, can I give a word of affirmation to someone? I start feeling better, let me do it again. Let me go to Whole Foods, let me go to the clerk and say, hey, I love your nails. What color is that? What design is that? Beautiful, I love it, it makes me feel good. Ah, I opened up a little bit more. You know, in Venice, there's a lot of homeless people. May I have some food in the pantry, coming, giving, and I go, wow, I feel open, I feel more open. And it's just the act of giving, I find, for me personally, has been something that has really helped when I feel closed and lonely and heavy, just the happiness part. You know,
0: they actually did, they they have something called the World Happiness Report where they go all over the world every year, the United Nations does this, and they ask people, what do you need in order to feel like you're having a good life? And one of the maybe only six or seven things that people always say they need, they need the opportunity to be generous. They need the opportunity to give to others, not just their money, but, you know, maybe something they have in their refrigerator. Maybe it's their time. Maybe it's a sympathetic ear, whatever it might be. But people need to feel generous in order to feel good about their lives and themselves. And so what you're saying makes so much sense. Um, one One of my meditation teachers gave this little pointer. He said, If the thought crosses your mind to give something, don't second guess it. Just do it.
1: Mm, Wow, you know, I heard. I think I heard something like that before. It's it's like going with the intuition immediately. If if even if you're at a like Starbucks and someone's online, and you're just so inspired by their outfit, go up to them and just say, Hey, listen, I'm inspired by your outfit. It's really cool. I want to go home and buy a pair of shoes like that. Yeah, you know, And, and and. I've been trying to tune into those whispers of intuition more so I can just just let it out, let it out, let it out, you know. But I think a lot of us grow up in this separatism, this protective bubble, right, where, I mean, I, I know, listen, I grew up in New York, so you had to be on, on alert, right? This is how I grew up, so it took a lot for me to start even making eye contact with people and not being in my own world with my head down, which adds into so much loneliness. But if you connect and you feel, like you said, feel drawn to give, whether it's a word of affirmation or pay it forward and buy this person's cup of coffee. That's one of the most powerful things on my side. And now you're saying, yes, they found that. That's what people want, opportunity, just be generous. Absolutely. There's a reason
0: why they've been teaching this for thousands of years. You know, all, in all religious and spiritual traditions, they teach this because it really works. You know, and now, now what we're finding, you know, so I'm doing some science, I'm doing a scientific study, so I've got
1: some scientific evidence, but wise people have known this for centuries. Yeah, and it's a reason why it's carried on for so long, right? Yeah. We're hearing it for centuries because, hey, it's a little whisper, it works. You know? yeah. yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's so funny, but now it's beautiful to see the, see the science. Maybe we learn about the physiology. What happens when you give? What happens yeah. to your nervous system? Yeah. What happens to your cortisol? What about your brain function? What's happening with the brain waves? And, we're, and uh, I, I promise it'll be everything is more coherent. Everything is more in balance. Everything is brighter. Your aura is even brighter. So uh, when we think about, now, now look, you've done, you're doing a lot of work in happiness and, and, and what really fills up people. Um, we talked about the phone. We talked about feeling lonely and isolated and the phone even adding into that. But what are some things that people just viewing and listening now can just start adding into their regimen? Uh, what can we start doing to start bringing more of like, ah, oh, I feel better in my body. Whew, I feel a little bit happier. I yeah. feel less lonely. Yeah. What are some just hacks that we can do?
0: All right, I'm going to give you a hack right now, okay? Okay. Right. Think about somebody you'd like to connect with. Maybe somebody you miss or you haven't seen in too long and and you think, oh, I really, I love being with that person or I love being connected to that person and I haven't seen them. Okay, think of that person. Now, take out your phone or, you know, get your laptop and just write a little email, write a text, or after you're done listening to this podcast, call somebody on the phone. Just commit to doing that one little thing. And then notice what comes back to you. Now, it's true that, you know, it may not always work, but so much more often than not, it really works. And you'll be amazed at how thrilled people will be to hear from you, to have you reach out. So that's one little hack. Um, Mm. Another hack is to think about somebody you just feel is like one of your core people in your life, but you don't, you don't stay in touch enough. Think about asking them for a regular time to maybe to have a phone call, maybe to have coffee, uh, maybe to take a walk. It could be, it could be once a week. It could be once a month, whatever frequency, but, but set it up regularly so that you don't even have to think about it. You guys just do it. The reason I say that so I wrote this book with my colleague Mark Schultz, who's also my friend. Mark and I—we just got off a call. Every Friday at noon, we have a phone call, and yeah, we—you know—we talk about research and statistics, and we talked about writing this book, but we also talk about our kids and our lives, and and so Mark is one of my dearest friends. Um, it, the reason why he is is because we have this regular time. That, and we don't even have to think about it, is just every Friday at noon, that's what we do. Think about whether there might be one person or even more than one person that you might wanna try something like that with to, to have that kind of contact where it's just built in for you.
1: It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? And experience approved is not only delicious, They use the finest specialty grade organic arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication, is my favorite, is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health. Causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. Purity coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity. And this is important because we have to understand coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy, boosting compounds with every sip. Purity coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately, for many, the gap between lifespan and health span is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research That really resonates. I'm thinking to myself how I can think of two people right now that I would love to get on a weekly call with, if not just for 15 minutes. Yeah, right? just to catch up and say, hey, you've been doing all right. How's your week going? How do you feel? How's your heart feel? You know, it's got to feel good to have that consistency. And like we said in the beginning, tying it back, being able to just, ah, oh, I got to let this off my chest and just, you know, I really got to talk about my week and I have a confidant. Yeah. What a beautiful gift, and I love this. I love this. I know someone in their morning rituals, they would meditate, and then the first person they comes up, after they meditate, they send them a nice message.
0: Ooh, that's cool.
1: And that's really cool because they would just say, open hearted message, you don't have to answer. I just need to let you know I care about you. I love you. You inspire me in this way. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, what, and sometimes it feels kind of, now I think to myself, the ego, I feel vulnerable a little bit. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I want to do this all the time. What, well, how am I going to look if it, it's funny, the ego starts coming in. Um, that's a, such a good hack, such a, such a, such a good hack. So in all this research that you did, right, you learn, you learn about uh, how people see themselves um, and the world that we're in, and knowing that other people are just as lonely or feeling heavy or depressed or sad, and learning about how happiness plays, was there any other big pieces within this research that you saw that you found to yourself and go, whoa, I didn't expect that, or whoa, that's really significant, and the people need to start knowing about this now? Was there anything that started unfolding and unraveling in your research? Well, certainly,
0: we found what your podcast has been all about, which is taking care of your health. And what we found, you know, we, okay, we know this, but what we found was that it is so powerful that. You know that eating well, getting enough sleep, getting regular exercise, not abusing alcohol or um, drugs—that those things matter so much for Mm -hmm. our health and for our longevity, for how long our lives end up being. And so, what I would say is, man, this stuff is real. Like, take this seriously. If you're gonna, if you're gonna make investments make an investment in your health and make an investment in your relationships. Those would be like the two biggest most powerful things that
1: you could do starting now. Health and relationships yeah and, and, and it's and it, it's it's so funny because a little bit goes a long way for both right Yeah you just start sleeping just a little bit earlier you start even if you're working out twice a week even if you're just eating 50% healthier yeah, and then opening as the doing the hacks that we were talking about, the life changes so fast. In a month, you have a brand new version of you that exists right. and and that
0: what we're talking about are little actions that you do over and over again that end up having big effects. So it's not like you have to take on some enormous thing, you know, and change your life completely. It's like just right now, you know, send that text or right now decide to eat. A piece of fruit instead of a candy bar. you know, it's just little tiny choices.
1: yeah, and go with that go with that intuition, right? Like if you wh- what do you call to? Are you really called to eating a candy bar? Is your ego called to eating the candy bar because you just know the sugar and the taste? or what does your body want? Connect to the stomach. What does your body want? What does yeah. your body want? do we do I, do I want nutrition or do I want sugar? you know and 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 honor that, but I, I still keep coming back to what your teacher said about following your first impulse. It's, it's so funny because what I find is that when we don't listen to that first impulse of giving, whether it's a word of affirmation or giving from your pocket or giving the food in your fridge, when you don't follow that first impulse, the, the intuition gets weaker and weaker. And it's so hard to hear that, but the more you do it, the more your intuition is louder. And it's, and that's for me, your compass in life. You know, you're raising a really important point, which is that we end
0: up kind of stifling some of our best impulses. And that if you keep stifling them, it's harder to notice them as they come up, right? So it can it needs to be a practice of paying paying attention again. Like, when does that instinct to, to give something to somebody on the street, when does it come up? Like, first I got to notice it again because I've been squashing it. I've been pushing it down.
1: Yeah. And it's going to be that first time, if you've been squashing it, a tiny little whisper where you're like, did I just hear? No, I must have not heard something. It's that. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. You did hear something. Listen to your body. Listen to your soul. It's trying to reach out. Yeah. Now, when I introduced you, I mentioned Zen priest. Now, I never heard anything about this. A lot of people are familiar with Zen or the philosophy of Zen Buddhism. But what's a Zen priest? How does it come together and how does it tie into your work?
0: Well, the the Zen priest is really just a vow of service. So I started meditating with a little Zen group in my neighborhood a bunch of years ago now and really found it so helpful for my life. Like it really helped me to get a better perspective on the world and what's really important and what's not very important. And a lot of the stuff that fills my mind and that I worry about is really not very important. So Zen was a huge help. And so I started realizing that I wanted to do more of it and I wanted to be of help in the community. And so Zen has a path where you can ordain as a priest and then if you want, you can also train to be a teacher. So what I've done is to train as a a priest and a teacher. So now I teach zen every monday night my own little group actually online i have an online zen group and um cool and i love and i go to to silent retreats uh several times a year and what it is for me is a kind of place to come back to my center and to come back to the ground of okay what's really important in life and and other people for other people it's not meditation it's something else it's you know, it's music or it's art or there are all kinds of ways that you can be in the moment and and really come back to your core uh, self. If, but for me, meditation hasn't been
1: a way into that. Mm-hmm. One of the most powerful things, I mean, we know physiologically just on the brain what meditation does, but as you as a whole, coming back to do I want to do this, does this matter to me? You're back to your center. You yeah. mentioned about silent retreats, and I've been intrigued about these for so long, but terrified on the inside to not speak for 10 days. Can you tell me about what a silent retreat is for all the people who are viewing and listening and have no idea, and how hard is it? Yeah. Well, a silent retreat
0: is, is, a, is a time when you go with other people and sit in meditation um, hour after hour uh, sometimes all sitting, walking meditation. Sometimes there will be a talk, a Dharma talk from a teacher. Um, and you'll have meals and you'll sleep. But basically, it's mostly meditation. It's mostly watching your mind. And it is scary at first, because your mind goes crazy. I mean, if you if you just sit and and watch whatever comes up in your mind, I mean, my mind is so full, we call it monkey mind. It just jumps all over the place and thoughts, thoughts from everywhere come in. And initially, I just thought, I can't do this. And then gradually you realize, no, the mind settles, and I can watch my mind, and and I can be more self-accepting of all the stuff that goes on in my mind. And so but but initially, it's hard. It's hard to do. And so you want a lot of support. What I would suggest, if any of your listeners want to try it, is to first visit a meditation group. There are lots of meditation groups all over. Uh, visit one. See if it seems like a compatible group for you, friendly, If if the person who's leading it seems like a decent person and makes sense to you. And if that does, then try... Maybe a medita- a half day of meditation, try a half day retreat, and then maybe try an all day retreat, and then maybe a weekend retreat. So
1: don't jump in and do 10 days first. Right, that's, right. that's really jumping into the deep end. Mm, I think about the deep end and I'm like, no, 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 I am not doing this 10 days of asana. No. Hell no, you ain't finding me to do that. Well, what I do do is sometimes um, I try once a quarter, although I hadn't go last quarter, is to go to um, Joshua Tree or somewhere in the desert, get a place for myself, three days, Airbnb, and I don't say a word. You don't hear, no phone, you don't hear my voice or anything. And sometimes I just sit there. And I, you know, it's funny, it was like, I remember, I I did, I went on the hike, I walked, I, I journaled. I wrote a little poetry. Mm. I sat down, I I went in the cold tub. I was just, and then I was done with my day. I ate dinner and I sat down and I was like, okay, what do I do now? It's like six o'clock, I can't go to sleep. And all I did, the the night fell and I was just sitting by myself on the couch for hours. And I I, remember how difficult that was. Yes. That was difficult.
0: You know, but, but, but what a wonderful experience for you. And, and one of the things you can do is like, you could, you could probably go out and look at the stars or you could, I mean, sometimes I'll just sit on my French front porch and look at a tree (laughs) because meditation has taught me that there's so much to see in a tree. If you just watch, you know, for five, 10 minutes at a time, just watch what goes on in a tree. And so so what, what I think we can do, like the way you did at Joshua Tree, is to um, to slow everything down, to simplify everything. And then what you realize is that being alive, just the experience of eating a meal can be wonderful, can be mind-blowing, if that's all you have to pay
1: attention to. Yes, exactly. So I would cook, and I don't really cook too much. I'm not the cook in the house, but I I was cooking. And I was being creative and I go, I wonder what this flavor would taste like with this. And let me mix this up. Let me put this together. And then I would have so much time on my hands, right? i don't have my phone on me. So I was like doing like presentations to myself, right? Like making art of the food and then sitting. And then I was like, okay, well, I don't have my phone or TV on, so I'm just gonna be with my food, I guess. And I was like, wow, like this (laughs) this quinoa tastes amazing. This pear tastes amazing. This kale tastes amazing. It's like, it always tasted amazing. How distracted (laughs) we are. That's was so distracted.
0: That's exactly right. The first time I went to a meditation retreat and they had silent meals where the instruction was just to eat very mindfully, every bite, feel every bite in your mouth, chew every bite, taste every bite. It was mind blowing. (laughs) And then I realized I'm eating like this every day. I'm just not paying
1: attention right exactly our taste buds are are always like hey you know this food tastes pretty good but your mind is somewhere else yeah you know? but it's it's it, and what a way i notice that when i'm being more mindful at least just if not on a full day taking 10 minutes and just sitting in my backyard and just at least trying to connect to this fig tree that i try to connect to every day yeah. then I, i'm at a place where the rest of my day is like five six notches maybe even four notches less stress, more on my body. It's like I let out a valve of just stress when I'm just being in nature. Now imagine if we dedicate our time, 30 minutes maybe, or even 40 minutes of being in nature, looking at the tree, being with your food. Man, for me, it's like we've created this tornado of unhappiness because we just can't be with ourselves. Right, right. And so I think what, what meditation
0: can do is it teaches us to be with ourselves. And to, to be with all the yuck and all the craziness, but also all the beauty of being with ourselves and just paying attention to this amazing world that's all around
1: us. So a lot of people then go, because I heard it a lot, Dr. G, I can't meditate. I just, it's not for me. It's not for me. I sit down and it's five minutes and I'm done. I, I, put all, I take off my headphones or I take off my eye mask and I'm done. What do we tell those people who need to really get in touch with it? Well, I think those people are
0: probably right that it isn't for everybody. You know, mm. some of us feel great after we meditate or at least like, oh, I want to do that again. Like I did when I first meditated. I thought oh, I, I do want to keep doing this, you know, over and over again. But if that's not you, if, if it's not doesn't feel good to you, find something else that does feel good. Find something centering, calming, that does feel Mm. good to you. So it might be yoga. It might be, um, you know, doing watercolors. You know, it it could be anything that kind of puts you into a zone. Um, You know, it could be playing tennis. (laughs) I mean, it could be anything. Um, but, But But just find that place where where you're totally present. So some people actually have described skiing as one of those places. Because if you think about it, you're, you're going down a ski slope. You can't think of anything else or you, or you go head over heels, right? And so, yeah. so some people find that, the, the or hiking, Lord knows. I mean, many people find being out in nature and hiking to be one of those experiences. Find something that's your equivalent of meditation and then keep revisiting that place.
1: Now let's chat about something crucial, that is omega-3s. You know I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products, as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, right, we have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s. And and I really mean it, omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand not only just with Omegas, across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you, that is on your shelf or in your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. Peoria's O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Puri is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take, every single morning and all their fantastic products to you the heal Thyself listener that's 20 percent off even the already discounted subscription price i want you to go to puri.com use my promo code drg that's p-u-o-r-i dot com slash drg to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Puri these days Not just for energizing my body, you know, we all wanna get that caffeine kick, yeah, okay, but for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting, and antioxidant benefits. The phytonutrients nurture my digestive system. The EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently. And the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up. So easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com slash DRG. They're so confident that you're going to love it. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. No code at checkout. Just go to P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash DRG. You're going to get 50% off plus all those freebies. Mm, that's that's the gift right there. It can be moving. It can be dynamic. You know, you mentioned skiing. And yes, I wasn't thinking, first time I skied, I wasn't thinking much about anything other than skiing, but also the only thought that came into my mind is maybe I should have started in the beginner slope, not the <laughs> intermediate mean, slope as I'm going 20 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour past everyone not knowing how to stop right. and having a mini heart attack. It's funny that you said skiing because I was thinking about that. Yeah, but getting into a diet, whatever it is, for me, I could sit down and I feel good laying down or sitting up. Um, I get easily distracted if I'm playing tennis, right? But for some people, this is a movement meditation. Can you be in the zone hitting the tennis racket, hitting the ball, watching the ball, doom, 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 right? Connecting to it. So um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Look, I know you have an awesome TED Talk that you did. You talk a lot about about, about this stuff. Um, what, what was the title of it so people can, view uh, viewers and listeners, they can check it out? I think the title
0: was What Makes a Good Life. If you, mm-hmm. if you search for Waldinger you'll come up with it. Um, mm-hmm. And I gave, you know, I gave the talk. Uh, I had been, I've been a professor sitting in a little research office my whole career and publishing papers, but publishing scientific papers in journals that nobody reads. And yeah. so I began to feel like I wanted to, I said, you know, we're learning stuff that's so useful to people potentially and I wanted to bring it out to the world so I gave this TED talk at a TEDx event a local event at a little elementary school auditorium and then it went viral yeah. um and I think it was because people did they were saying we we do want to know what happens to people as they go through life and mm.
1: and how people end up thriving what are the things you can do i, th- I mean people ate it up and that's because so many of us want to just feel happier in our body. We want to be glowing. We, we you know, we have moments sometimes, you know those moments where, oh, I feel so good right now. Why does today feel so good? What did I do? What did I eat? Was it something? And we want more of that, right? Yeah. Because coming back to who we are, I mean, that just changes the world. We're just more authentically us. So, I guess I guess as we tie this all up at the end, what are what is the thing for you? What is the thing for you that, that, that really gives us the best life? What, what is the thing that we're so disconnected from that gives us the best life? We might have talked about it already. Yeah. You might be paraphrasing, but what, what comes to your mind? Okay, I would say staying engaged with
0: activities I care about and with people I care about. That that mm. combination is for me what makes a good life.
1: Easy. That's all. Staying engaged with activities you care about and people you care about. That is such an easy rule of thumb and where everyone can remember that. Now just putting it into practice, right?
0: Yeah, right. Um, Easier said than done, but...
1: Right. But it's doable. It's
0: doable.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So finding the activities, what do we love? What is it in our day that we can squeeze into the busy workday behind the computer in the cubicle, yelling at our boss, boss yelling at us? What can we do that is an activity... And the people that we want to connect with yeah. relationships and just staying true to yourself um, where do people find you where do people read more about you we want all the goods because we're loving this talk
0: okay well so the first would be to go to the book website the the good you can find it um, and the book is a deeper dive into everything you and I've been talking about um, and then there's a website, RobertWaldinger.com, and there's a study website. So if you if you want to see some of our scientific papers, uh, it's adult development study,
1: all one word, adult Everyone go check it out. I mean, if this work interests you, if you're looking to step into the place of happiness stepping away from the loneliness that a lot more people are suffering from than you think follow read learn more listen to the ted tedx it's going to be amazing stuff for you listen rob i know that you mastered happiness you want to know how i know how cuz you are you are you are in boston heading into the winter and you got a big smile on your face <laughs> Yeah, This is how I know. This is how I know you've mastered the happiness, Bob. I appreciate you so much, what you're giving to the world, how you brighten people's lives, giving people the information about how to make a change in their life just to be happier. What a gift you are, man. I appreciate you so much. Well,
0: what a great conversation. This has been a real gift to me. So thank you for for talking, for sharing your experiences and for letting me come join you.
1: Thank you, Doc. I appreciate you. We'll be back on the show next year. Mr. Zen Priest, I appreciate you. Okay. Before we get into this Knowledge Bomb, we got that merch out. The merch, the Heal Thyself merch is on fire. Listen, we went organic, we went sustainable, only the best that is in alignment with the show's values. And it's gotta be, but I wanted some style too. Little bit of swag, little style. So out there we have the Heal Thyself merch, hts.today. All of the merch, all the different colors, short sleeves, crew necks, hoodies, hats, bags, if you want it. Man, I was giving all the Christmas gifts with this merch. So go check out hts.today. Now, for this knowledge bomb, we gotta talk about something very important. Look, the pandemic brought a lot of changes. Many of us weren't used to spending so much time at home. Right? We had to adjust from working from home. All of a sudden, a new setting, a new structure to our day. Zoom, Google Meet, FaceTime, everyone started communicating more virtually. Even the streaming services, I remember, started booming. I remember all the movies were coming out straight to TV. That was really cool, actually. Virtual reality, that industry started booming. People were quitting their jobs and started freelancing, realizing, okay, I don't wanna go into the office. Virtual medicine started growing for all the docs out there, all the practitioners. So there was a lot of changes that were happening, but. Did you know there was a little home bit that blew up? Air fryers all of a sudden showed up on the map and I was hearing people rave about them left and right. I started to see it all over Instagram, all over TikTok. People were obsessed with these. I mean, they were the bell of the pandemic ball. Now, according to the NPD Group, a January 2022 report showed sales of air fryers increased by 76% over the last two years compared to the previous 24 months. From January 2020 through December 21st, 25.6 million units were sold. Now air fryer use has increased by more than 60% at dinner occasions during the past two years. I mean, this stuff was really blowing up and it wasn't just the appliances. Even air fryer cookbooks, they were cooking. Air fryer cookbooks sales reached 971 million units in 2021, up 11% over the prior year. And they were outpacing total cookbook category performance overall. It was on fire, literally, or at least fryer. I mean, air fryers are the mecca of cooking appliances, right? They're easy to use, they're quick, they're versatile. You can use many foods and it doesn't come out oily and it's the perfect texture, right? They're easy to clean even. Now, hold on a minute, I'm gonna tell you something. You should rethink if you need to be using an air fryer. Now, the moment I saw my first air fryer, I immediately had some concerns. And to illuminate them, you must first take a look under the proverbial hood. Now, what are these suckers made out of? It only takes a few moments of research to find out. Here are my two major concerns with air fryers. Most air fryers contain plastic, right? That's BPA and phthalates plastic bottles, canned foods, dental sealants, unfiltered water, thermal paper, cosmetics, makeup, synthetic fragrances, materials at home that are off-gas and cleaning supplies, you're gonna find this chemical in them. But now you're gonna be finding it in air fryers as well. And it is one of the most potent hormone disruptors across the board. If your hormones have been a mess lately, ask yourself if it has been since you got an air fryer. Now, the major concern is there because the plastic is heated. And for many fryers, it's touching your food. Now, the chemical in there affects the body. It's a xenoestrogen. So it's not only binding to the estrogen receptors and disrupting it, causing an estrogenic effect, but it's also blocking the binding of other healthy hormones. BPA and phthalates affect the brain, the nervous system, childhood behavioral issues start arising. It drives infertility. It's associated with hormone-dependent tumors like breast, prostate, and even ovarian cancer. Studies coming out have been showing increases in obesity due to BPA and phthalates, type two diabetes, elevated blood pressure, cardiovascular disease. And this is a dose response, right? The more BPA you're exposed to, the more you're predisposing yourself to the risk of these diseases. And most of us have the exposure to BPA and phthalates. In a study of over 2,500 people, 93% of those people showed to have BPA in their system. And that's crazy because BPA is metabolized pretty much within one to two days. So we're always being exposed to this stuff. So now if you're using an air fryer, now your risk is even going up more. Now don't listen to that BPA-free madness either. BPA-free don't mean nothing. It means nothing when it comes to the exposure to BPA because all the analogs are still going to affect your hormones. So if your air fryer has plastic, or if you don't know, call the company and ask, you might have to ditch it. Number two, air fryers contain Teflon. Oh boy, these are the polyfluorinated chemicals. And I mentioned on many shows, these are nasty. They are forever chemicals. And they don't just break down in the environment, they wreak havoc on our bodies. They've been known to affect the immune system, thyroid, they cause cancer, connected to low birth weight, you name it, and it's present in 99% of us. That's wild. Now the company that released these PFAS into the environment knew how dangerous it was, but still released it. And now it's found in things even like yoga pants, outdoor gear, raincoats, even cookware, anything that's moisture-wicking. And they're called Forever Chemicals because they stay in the environment for decades, up to a thousand years. And they stay in our body for up to 10 years. But they found this chemical in rivers, oceans, cities, even remote areas, even on Mount Everest, it's everywhere. And it could be in your air fryer. So the more you avoid this chemical, the better. You want to stay away from Teflon, you want to stay away from PFAS. Any of those materials that I said are stain resistant, water resistant, moisture wicking, sweat wicking, that hydrophobic material that is keeping moisture out, that is in your air fryer, you want to ditch that. And it's even worse because the heat is increasing, releasing more of it, into your food. So, what's the solution? You say, hey, Dr. G, I want an air fryer, I'm I'm dead set on it, and I don't want to hear nothing else about it. Well, guess what? They make air fryers that utilize glass bowls. That's where you want to go. If you haven't bought an air fryer, only look for the ones that are in glass bowls and not utilizing the plastic or the PFAS inside, okay? And if you have one, you might want to think about getting a new one. So if you choose to fry, also be aware of a few things. The more you cook in high heat, the increased loss of nutrients. High heat reduces micronutrient content. Now, the ones that are most vulnerable are the water-soluble vitamins, like the B vitamins, vitamin C. They start leaching, especially if there's water around it. Now, vitamin A, D, and E, these are the fat soluble ones, they leach into the oils. But vitamin C is the most at-risk one, okay? But degradation generally starts in your food when it's over 120 degrees Fahrenheit. Also, another risk is heterocyclic amines. These are chemicals that are formed, especially when you're frying or charring muscle meat in high heat. So any charring or blacking can create this chemical called heterocyclic amines, which are known carcinogens. They cause cancer. So you wanna be aware, especially if you're doing this all the time. And lastly, acrylamide. This is a substance that forms through a chemical reaction between sugars and an amino acid called asparagine. Now this chemical reaction creates acrylamide and it's known in animals in high doses to cause cancer. So if you're cooking potato-based foods or any starchy foods at high temperatures, you wanna keep them from browning. You wanna keep them on a lighter side, even gold, and don't go into browning because it's at risk for high amounts of acrylamide, think potato chips. So very easy. I know a lot of you out there are cooks and I know a lot of you out there look for convenience and I'm there with you because convenience is the number one thing I look for when making food. But again, if you love an air fryer, think about getting a glass one. Make sure there's no PFAs or any other analogs of the polyfluorinated chemicals and no plastic. And also make sure when you're cooking, you're not overcooking. Browning, especially any starchy vegetables, you're keeping it on a golden color. And when you're cooking meat, making sure you're not charring it and keeping the temperature as low and light as possible to keep the nutrients in there. So there you go, there you have it. I really didn't bum you out if you have an air fryer. And if you do, there's some choices out there, but really this is to empower you, right? You wanna make sure if you're eating something every single day and using something every single day, it's safe. And especially if you're giving it to your kids. So hope that really helped. Hope you love the show. Robert Waldengren knocked it out of the park, the happiness park, and I'm feeling really good with all those recommendations he made. Look, get into a community, start connecting with people. Listen, I've been saying this for so long. Community is essential for your happiness, for isolation, right? The number one remedy is to connect to others, start opening your heart, start connecting with people, send a really nice text out like he mentioned, start making these moves to make a massive change to your internal environment, your mindset, and your overall emotional health. Thank you for listening to the show. Check out the merch, all the love, rate, review, subscribe. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next week.